Boom. Welcome back, people. Today's episode is called do you really understand your fund documents? I've spent the last three years learning from some of the most ingenious fund managers around. And now I've decided to take the plunge and start my own fund. The real question is, how will I do it? With no investors and without an Ivy League degree, this podcast is gonna give you the answer. Join me and follow along as I share mine and other stories as we start and build multi-million dollar investment funds. I'm Bridger Pennington, and this is Investment Fund Secrets. All right, so today's episode, we're gonna talk about fund documents. I've done previous episodes on this on the LPA and PPM. So what those are, we're gonna dive into that, how to structure them and what you need to understand about your fund document. So earlier today, I was actually on a one-on-one coaching call with somebody, fantastic call. We talked all about funds. He has a fantastic fund he's starting. And we started talking about documents and the fine points of documents. Stuff like this saves you thousands of dollars in legal fees when you're, because lawyers, you hire a lawyer, they're going to call you up. Oh, they're going to have to explain this to you. You have to come back. Oh, let's edit it. Oh, I don't want, actually, I thought about it. I want to change it now. And they bill by the hour and lawyers are the worst. They bill by the hour. They take all your money. And anyways, love lawyers though. My brother's a lawyer. I kind of make fun of him sometimes, but that's what happens, right? So stuff like this, I'm trying to tell you things that will help save you a ton of money and that things that you should know as a fund manager. So first off, we're gonna start from the basics and then ramp up. First off, you have two governing documents of your fund. And those are your limited partnership agreement and then your private placement memorandum or private offering memorandum. They're two separate documents. They're typically 80 to maybe 200 pages a piece. Um, very thick, very dry legal documents. <laughs> um, and they... Uh, govern your fund. They, we call them the Bible. A lot of people call them the Bible because they literally are the governing documents, the commandments, the covenants. You think about the Bible in as scripture, if you're Christian, it's kind of the governing scripture of Christianity. And you always reference the Bible. If you have a question about the religion, you reference the scripture or the text. And that's the same thing with other, other religions. Um, same thing with a fund. If you have a question about the fund, you reference the scripture or the documents in the fund, which is, are these two documents. So when I started my first fund, I had this great idea. I was so excited to start a fund. I run home to my dad. I'm like, dad, you know, we start a fund. He's like, yeah, let's do it. And then he sits down and says, Bridger, before I can help you anymore, you need to read one of my previous, like 10 years old fund documents, 12 to 15 times before I can help you. He pulls out this big binder and I swear the table like shook like, because it was, they were so dense. And he said, we can't, we can't talk any further until you've read these documents. So I took him up on the challenge. I said, okay. And I was in between semesters at college. So I had like a week or, you know, a couple weeks. And I woke, I slept in the office. I woke up every day. I read documents. I read, I ate lunch. I read, I read, I read, I went to dinner and came back, read, went to sleep. And I did this for two and a half weeks. And I read those documents, I think about 13 times. And I probably about time 11 times through, I finally started to understand what was happening in these documents. I was, I would have Google open and I was just like, what's that question? What's an American or European waterfall? What's, um, what's going to be a pref or a cap or what's, you know, what is a, a Ed, Edgar or, you know what I mean? I was just asking all these different accounting questions, how our fund was going to be structured. And finally, after reading it that many times, I went to my dad. I was like, oh my gosh, I understand. And I started to ask him more informed questions. 
So what I've tried to do in our mini vault course and to our, our members is trying to, to shortcut that process, all the stuff I learned in there. And then since then, try to condense that to save you lots of time. Um, cause that takes a lot of time to do that. So in the documents though, so now we're, that's kind of the, the background of these documents that taught me a ton about my fund. And my dad said too, it is crucial for fund managers to read their own documents because these documents govern what they can and cannot do. For instance, in your fund, you might say, this is a different examples of how you should write your fund. Um, typically you want to write it fairly broad to give you leeway in your fund. So for example, in a fund, you'll say, we're going to only take $100,000 as a minimum investment commitment in the fund. So anything less than hundred, we won't take. But on most documents, you have a little, little line below that says, except the general partner deems otherwise. You gotta make sure stuff like that's in there. Cause if maybe your business partner wants to put in 15 grand, you can make an exception and say, okay, we're gonna put 15 grand in from my business partner. We're gonna make an exception from the general partner. Same thing with, um, with capital calls, right? You gotta have penalties in there for capital calls and people are gonna test you on every little rule and commandment. And just like the Bible, right? Everybody tests every different rule and commandment. How can I get around it? Or what's a different thought on it? They're gonna test your documents, limited partners, as you grow. So for instance, one of the, most, most documents, and make sure your documents have this, have a penalty if you wanna pull money out early. So let's say you have a five-year fund. Your money's gonna be locked up for at least five years. And year two, one of your best friend investors calls you up, Hey Bridger, I've got to pull out, you know, $4 million. I have this deal in Miami. I've got to pay taxes on. I'm so sorry. Can you pull my money out? And you as the fund manager, you have in your documents, it says you have a fiduciary responsibility to the fund or the limited partnership, not to individual investors. And if that's going to hurt your other investors by pulling out as $5 million, you can't do it, right? It's going to hurt. That's against your fiduciary responsibility. So in your documents, it'll say, if you want to pull out money early, it's going to be a 4% penalty on your money. And it's going to take maybe 60 days. If the general partner wants to do it, and the general partner can say no as well. That's what my documents say too. So if your guy calls you up and he's, Bridger, I need to pull out $5 million. I could say, no, I'm sorry. When you signed your documents, you signed your money for five years and I have control of it. Um, or if you're going to pull it out, I'm going to charge you a 3% penalty. And that's your decision. I'm so sorry. That's how it has to be. And they're gonna be like, what? Oh my gosh, this is the, and you say, sorry, this is the documents. This is what we both have to, this would be fraud either way. If I let you slip past the system, it would be bad. But, and I have a fiduciary responsibility to the fund. I need to make money for the fund, not just help out my individual investors on an individual basis. And that are, those are fine points of your documents. You understand another example, um, great example. When you're pitching investors, they're going to ask questions on these fine points. One of them, for instance, is going to be, Bridger, what happens if you die? What goes on? I mean, I have money all tied up with you. Let's say the plane goes down, you die, your partner dies. What happens next? And for, I, I was asked that question before and I was just like deer in the headlights. Like, um, I don't know. And then I went back to my documents. I wrote up and I, this is when we were still structuring our fund. I wrote some things in. I had a lawyer look at it. We added an, another clause, a whole paragraph on what happens if I die. What's the succession? Who's going to take control of it? Who's going to, how are they going to distribute back to investors? What's going to happen? And as you pitch investors too, you're going to start getting these questions, start adding things and taking things out of your LP and PPM. So as a forewarning, make sure to add things like that in early. And that's why lawyers charge you tons of money because they keep asking questions. Do you want to add this? Do you want to take this away? If you understand this before, 
it helps out a lot. So a lot of the questions that I walk people through in our, our backend course is I have a fun checklist asking them lots of these questions. So a checklist of management team, right? I walk through, what's your management team? You got to disclose that in your fund documents. Next, I walk through what's your, um, what kind of management fee are you going to take? Are you going to take a, a pref? So like in my fund, I take a 0% management fee. I take an 8% pref. I do a 2% catch up. So meaning first 8% of all returns go to the investor. The next 2% come to me as the fund. And then I say from percentile 10 to 20, we split at 80, 20. So 80% goes to the investor. 20% comes to the fund. And then above 20%, we split 50, 50. So any returns over 20%, we split 50%, 50 to the investor, 50 to me. I walk people through that. How, and then how do you want to spell that out? Some people do a 16% pref and then up to 20 and then everything above 20, the fund just takes themselves. Some people do a, like a standard is a two and 20, right? 2% management fee, 20% carried interest, but there are lots of funds do it differently. And investors will ask you Cardone capital, for instance, they do a 1% management fee and they do a 6% pref. So kind of a way lower pref. And then they do a, a 65, 35 split, I believe 65, 35. So 65 to the investor, 35 to them on carried interest, which is pretty high. Um, but you're paying a less management fee. So investors have to weigh that out of how they want to invest and how much money the fund takes. So that's something you got to think through in your documents, how you want to spell that out. And this saves you so much time. Um, another question I ask people, I'm just rattling off questions to get you thinking on here. Another question, do you want to run an American waterfall or a European waterfall? What are those? An American waterfall is a deal by deal basis. So for example, a private equity fund, they're buying and selling companies, right? An American waterfall would say every time we buy a company, just one company individually and sell it, we take the returns of that one company and distribute to partners. Deal by deal basis. European waterfall is we do it on a fund scale. So this year we, we bought 15 companies, we sold you know, 19 companies. And of those 19 companies, we, we sold out on two lost money and 17 made money. So you would take that conglomerate of the fund total and say, okay, two lost money, 17 made money. What's our total IRR? What's our total returns? And you'd calculate it that way. The calculations do end up being different. Uh, typically a European waterfall favors the fund an American waterfall favors the limited partners. Just that's something you need to have in your documents. So these are questions and I walk through, I can walk through probably a dozen more, but this is what we need to be asking ourselves in our documents and understand how to write clauses in your documents. Um, and that's why it's really good to read documents. Um, I would suggest go to some of these funds that are open funds like Cardone Capital, go to Cardone Capital, request their LPA and PPM. They'll send it to you uh, with their, they're a public comp- They have to be a, the way they filed is the reg, reg D, I believe it's a reg D 506 C. So they do a public and they can publicly advertise. So they will actually send you the documents, go get their documents, read through them. And you will start to understand what is happening. Um, somebody in our Facebook group had posted, I think he had, um, a bunch of templates or documents that he posted in there that shared with everybody. So you can go in and read those as well. Read and you will start to see how different people structure their fund. Some people don't do a management fee. Some people do only a management fee. Um, some people have a clause. If you pull out money, some people don't care if you pull out money. Um, lots of different questions you can ask yourself in running a fund. So today's episode was just to think through your LP and PPM. Lots of questions. I would write it fairly broad. Um, 
to allow your general partner ease, but investors might call you on that. They might say, this is way too broad. This essentially is saying you can do whatever you want with my money and you're gonna, oh man, maybe we should tighten it up. Um, so the question, the, the question I always get, Bridger, what's the best way to do it? And I do not know. The, question, the answer is it depends. It depends on your investor base, what they will and what they won't allow you to do. Um, if they gawk at a 6% pref and they say, no, I'm only doing an 8% pref, then you know, well, where's the market at? Some investors are looking only for a 9% return. So if you tell them our fund you know, gets about a 22% IRR, they're gonna be like, oh my gosh, that's way out of our realm. We won't do that at all, right? You just gotta talk and figure out your investor base and figure out what's kind of average in your industry for VC funds or private equity. That's why people typically say that's a two and 20 fund is like an average fund. That's yeah, it's an average. A lot of funds do things very differently though. Um, and so that's something to really think through and consider when setting up your fund. Anyways, love you all. Peace and love. Um, I'll see you on the next episode. Bye. Hey, what's going on? I know a lot of you out there are starting funds or thinking about starting funds and something I was so grateful for was having mentors. When I started my first fund, I had people to turn to and to ask questions. And so what I've decided to do is make the same thing for you. So what we've done is compiled a lot of interviews, things that I've learned, my personal pitch decks that I've used to pitch investors and put it all into what I call a mini vault. So in there, I deep dive into Forex funds, into real estate funds, how to structure them, how to structure deals, how to find investors. And I try to go deep to help mentor you to help you start your first fund. And in addition to that, we have a private members group on Facebook that fund managers are getting together on there and talking and working through problems together. So this is interesting to you. If you wanna get involved and get some help right off the ground, go to investmentfundsecrets.com for less than hundred bucks. You can get started and get into the mini vault. And I would love to see you in there on the Facebook group and talk with us. Thanks. See ya.